we would love to have have Kelvin back. The sky's the limit. He's only going to get better because uh, of the way he works. You know, when you love something as much as he loves football, you can't help but get better. Stepping up, stepping up, fires it deep downfield. What's Calvin Ridley? Calvin's out there. Calvin's got it. Five-yard line into the end zone. Touchdown, Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley for the score. Yeah, Josh will be a jingle. Young goes down again, and it's Josh Allen. Boy, they're starting to pin their ears back. You got to take a competitive football team and turn it into a champion. That's that's not easy, but that's our job. You only get so many windows in this league, and and we feel like with the personnel that we have, and we'll continue to add. You know, our window, our windows now. 1010XL 92.5 FM presents. Jaguars today with your hosts Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith, and Dylan Denmark. All right, good morning, everybody. You know, Pockets was thinking about switching up the open this morning, and we thought, ah, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Who better to bring out the love and affection that Jag fans have for their team than the voice of Trent Baalke? Tony, leading you off at 10 a.m. this morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Tony Smith. How are you? Doing well. All right, happy anniversary to my beautiful wife. Yeah. Yeah, they call that the, the greatest two-for-one special of all say, time. I say, even I know your anniversary. You got that right, yeah. buddy. Uh, <laughs> getting married on Valentine's Day. Haven't forgotten it once in 26 years. So, uh, Did you do at, that by design? Uh, hell yes. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> We're like, all right, you know, I mean, by the way, we really celebrate our anniversary on April 6th because that's the anniversary of our first kiss, which is going on 34 years this year. Uh, but uh, we had been, you know, living in sin for a while and decided pockets. It's time to tie the knot and looking ahead, you know, at some Saturdays. Oh, look at that. Two birds with one stone type situation we've got <laughs> sitting right there on the calendar. So, yes, uh, we did kind of plan that out. Um, otherwise, we never I've never really been a big Valentine's Day guy. No. You know, historically outside of like exchanging, uh, you know, valentine's in like fifth or sixth grade or whatever yeah. year you do you that in school. for the whole class right yeah. except for jill yeah jill allen i got her a box of uh those sweet tart not they're not the sweet tart ones you know the the chalky hearts with the little sayings on them the, yeah those they're awful candies but threw them <laughs> under her desk on the last uh yeah. the last minute of the school on valentine's day in fifth grade and ran for the door well even as a kid i always looked at that as an excuse to bring candy and get candy like that's all that was i was like okay if i have to write everyone's name on a valentine fine right but i know there's gonna be a bunch on my desk and it's there's gonna be candy sure like, that that was the reason to be excited about valentine's day at school oh there, no there's no question about yeah. it i mean anything as a kid that brought you candy but oh, yeah regardless happy valentine's day to the ladies out there and guys you're on your own with that one, but uh, today we will ask you because it is the day of love. Uh, what is it? At least one thing that you love about being a Jaguar fan, right? We all sit here, and there are reasons to groan and complain, and I get it, right? No championships and disappointment didn't go as far as you thought you were going to this year. Uh, missed opportunities, all that. Today's not really about that no. uh, today. Today's about uh, what makes you feel good about being a Jaguar fan. Could be any number of things, but give us at least one of those today when you hit us up on social media at MD underscore 1010XL at 1010XL Fat Tony or at 1010XL Denmark. And uh, if you're calling in today, you can call in 
If you want to gripe about anything, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Then you got to give us two things that you love. Okay, <laughs> right? You got to <laughs> offset the gripe um, with you know could be anything, uh, whatever it is. Could be the the team colors. Could be the camaraderie with the rest of the fan base. Could be any number of things. That's really up to you. Uh, why you like it. If you want to get in today on the air, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. Same number for the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. And uh, we'll welcome Hayes Carlion in in about 35 minutes. Or uh, Hayes Carlione, as uh, <laughs> he is known to the initiated around these parts. Uh, Tony, uh, last week we had Chad Ryder on. We did. With us. And yesterday discussed in part what he did for the Jags in his three-round mock. It's just a mock, you know. It's nothing you're holding anybody to. But uh, saw then yesterday afternoon he posted at NFL.com a recap. And everyone says, well, you you know, you really can't grade a rookie class right away. And that's fine. You can. We all do. We're going to. What we expect out of it, then a year from that point, you're going to grade it again. Then three years down the line, maybe five years down the line, and then we end up – sitting here looking back at all the missed opportunities mm-hmm. that this particular franchise has had in the draft. But uh, he started with the AFC South, at least as far as I can tell, that's where uh, Chad started. Maybe he's done the rest of them. But regardless, he's got the AFC South posted yesterday, and he gave the Texans an A. Yeah, I think he's been – I think he went through the NFC last Is week. that right? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that may have been the case. I, guess I had seen it on there. Like I had grades not. for divisions, and I was like, well, I don't, I don't care what the grades are for the NFC East. Right. right. Eventually, I, I he'll get around now. to the South. Yeah. Right. I see it now, and he's made his way to the South, so he's got two divisions to go. But regardless, yep. look, the Texans – if ever a team should get an A plus for the rookie class, if you have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year, right? I mean, this goes to show you though, every draft is generally top heavy. I not every single draft is top heavy. There are sometimes teams knock it out of the park. There's that yeah. one draft what Pittsburgh drafted like four Hall of Famers right way back in the day, something yes. like that, right? So on rare occasions it happens differently. But the Texans took Stroud and they traded up then again to the third pick to take Will Anderson, and they were the offensive and defensive rookies of the year, right? So yeah. fantastic start. You add Tank Dell into that. Tank Dell. That's a heck of a class. Tank Dell was very good. Who knows what good, else right? you're going to get out of the whole group, but those three guys. Three guys, yeah. and that's an A, yeah. right? Juice Scruggs, he played in seven games with six starts for them on the offensive line. Will he be good? He was their second-round pick. Maybe, See. maybe not, yeah. right? Um, Fourth-round pick, Dylan Horton. Didn't start a single game. Appeared in 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Tuotua, uh, the linebackers, started six games. That was mostly due to injury, but yep. started six games, and then they really didn't get anything out of their late-round picks, as is often the case. Yep. right? And none of those guys, I mean, outside of Tank Dell, I mean, Juice Scruggs may be a good player. They deserve, if, if nothing else, just for the first two picks, they deserve an A, yes. I think, for their draft. And the fact that Tank Dell looks like a, a problem for opposing defenses really solidifies that. I mm-hmm. would have given that draft, honestly, an A-plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, what you found a franchise quarterback, you got the defensive rookie of the year, you've got at least a couple of future starters in this group. I don't know what else you could possibly ask for. The shocker to me was he liked the Jags enough to give them a B. Uh, that was stunning to me. And he also gave the, the Tennessee Titans a B, but he listed the Jags first and generally – when you do that, I'm taking it that he is kind of ranking them a little bit. It could be alphabetical. He doesn't say yeah. specifically. 
you know, we all are aware of what the Jags did. We're, we're very happy, I think, with Anton Harrison. And he always doing here is grading the actual pick, right? If you really grade the Harrison selection, you can roll in the fact that they're able to trade back and accumulate more picks and still get their guy. Trade back twice. Mm-hmm. It really was, you know, all kidding aside, a bit of a bulky masterclass. He did a great job with that, right? Got a guy that I, I don't think anybody is complaining about, oh, we should have gone this direction. Look, there, there. I say anybody. Uh, there's always a few outliers mm-hmm. out there. I think most people happy with the situation with Anton Harrison, knowing he could be your left or right tackle of the future. Started uh, all the games for you, and especially with Cam Robinson's situation in flux, you're glad you got that guy. After that, if we're grading it, Tony, Brenton Strange, I'd give him an incomplete. Tank Bigsby, incomplete at best, mm-hmm. right? Ventro Miller, certainly an incomplete. Guy didn't play. Tyler Lacey, I don't know, a D? I mean, do, do, can you remember much of an impact he made in any game this year? No, he had the, I remember, one pass rush. One pass rush. Yeah. Okay. One yeah. pass rush. Can you remember one from Yasir Abdullah? Because he, no. he played about a third of the games of Lacey active, this year. Yeah. I mean, that that's, you know, again, that's a fifth-round pick. I don't expect him to come and be a star, but you got nothing out of him. Antonio Johnson looks like he might be a player. Yeah. But you just saw a few flashes out yeah, of that. Likely going to be a starting safety. Parker Washington was forced into action. Mm-hmm. You know, um, pri- first as a punt returner, got hurt right away. And did okay, scored a couple of touchdowns late. So, you know, it was fine for a late-round pick. But the rest of these guys... Christian Braswell. I mean, Eric Hallett just got signed to a futures contract, you know? So, yeah. and again, you start getting this many picks this late in the draft. You can't expect all of them to make your team. Uh, who knows what Cooper Hodges will turn into? He can affect the grade in the future, but he's yeah. an incomplete right now. There's a lot of these guys. A, a B, pretty stunning, honestly, mm-hmm. to me, to look at that grade for this team. Yeah. Uh, wasn't expecting a B, but I, I am not sure how common the B is. Right, well, right. well looking like, at Tennessee, Tennessee had Skaronsky, who they drafted. He was a tackle. They moved him to guard. He played 14 games this year, uh, and he had a note he gave up sacks in four consecutive games late in the season. Mm-hmm. So he started. He was basically a full-time starter for him, but they took a guard, number 11 overall. Remember, you can't take a guard, number 11 overall. That's that's what we're told, right? Will Levis started about half the season. I mean, he was okay. Right, he was. Right, he wasn't like you, you have to throw out the possibility that he could be a five to ten year starter right away. But at the same time, he didn't show me anything that indicates he's going to be a top end of or top half of the National Football League starter at any point. He could, he could, he might not. He's a big uh, question mark still. Tajay Spears, pretty nice uh, in bench duty, coming off the bench. He was pretty effective as a, a compliment to Derrick Henry. Beyond that. They only had three other picks, Tone, and they they didn't do much. They got a total of nine starts out of their other three picks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Wiley at tight end. He's a blocking tight end. Jalen Duncan on the offensive line. And Colton Dowell, a wide receiver, actually started a game for Tennessee this year. (laughs) Uh, You you could have quizzed me on Colton Dowell. I would eventually have guessed he played for the Titans. uh, And they got a B, too. So I wonder if this is just a case of we study – our local team so closely and we're critical of it and we know all the flaws and what they could have done that in general if you're looking at it from a you know 10,000 foot perspective if you get a starter right away and two guys that contribute decently 
yeah. the rookie campaigns, is that enough to earn you a pretty solid passing grade? Apparently it might be. I it, mean, it but might be, here's yeah. the question. Do the Jags have that? Maybe. They had a starter. They yeah. had a, did they have, I mean, who else was the most productive rookie that they had on this football team this year? Wasn't Brenton Strange? I mean, Tank Bigsby had like 50 carries. Maybe. It probably was. And that was just late, right? I mean, just a little bit of impact. It wasn't like, you know, season changing or anything like that. Very surprising uh, to me. But we'll go through some of the analysis of why he came to that conclusion for the Jags. I disagree with some of it flat out. But uh, nevertheless, we'll take a look at that. Chad Ryder over at NFL.com. Hayes Carline coming up in about 25 minutes. In the meantime, plenty of time for you to get in, talk about any aspect of Jaguar football you like. Uh, But do give us something, if you do call in, that you love about being a Jaguar fan, being that this is Valentine's Day. It's the day of love. So tell us at least one thing you love about being a Jacksonville Jaguar fan because we know it's not all bad out there for you. We know we can all wallow in our uh, pity and anger at times, but uh, there's some pretty damn good times as well. All right, uh, so you know all the ways to be a part of it today, 641-1010 on the All-Pro Roofing phone lines or the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures or hit us up on social media. Already gave those out for you as well. Or in the YouTube chat with Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. Hayes Carline about 25 minutes away. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Now more Jaguars today on 1010XL. All right, let's give a little love to Duval today on Valentine's Day. I do love the fan base. I did, There are a lot of things I love. We'll get into uh, our list of our love affair with uh, why we're happy to be right where we are right now. But what do you love about being a Jacksonville Jaguar fan? Share at least one of those things uh, with us today. Hit us up on social media or the YouTube chat. You can also call into the program. We'll go to the lines in a moment. Somebody asked uh, as we went through the grade Chad Ryder gave the Jags for the draft a B. Eric Edholm at NFL.com did the NFC. So it's two different people grading, yeah. right? So you don't know if they're coming at it from the same sensibility. I found like uh, two Ds or a D and a couple of D pluses in there. So we'll go through some of the worst drafting teams, according to the folks at NFL.com. And uh, since Chad Ryder's doing the AFC, he did have Denver with a D. That might be the lowest grade because a couple of other ones were D pluses, so mm-hmm. basically a C. Uh, but uh, one theme I did see, um, several of these teams that got bad grades didn't have high picks. Right? Right. Like yeah. Denver's first pick was Marvin Mims in uh, the late second round, I think it was. Uh, San Francisco didn't have a pick until the third round. You know, So you don't have that guy. But what do they do with those picks from that point on? Um, San Fran, now granted, San Fran is pretty loaded roster, right? But Mm -hmm. Jair Brown, safety, started five games for him, and they drafted Jake Moody, their kicker, who, you know, now kind of infamously had an extra point block because he made a bad kick. Yeah. Now, he was their kicker. He started this year. Didn't get another start out of their draft class, and that was four, five, six, seven other picks. Didn't get a – now, granted, they have a really good roster, but not much impact. Right there, uh, Jags had more room for impact. Certainly, it looked like in 2023. All right, let's go to the Lions Tone six four one ten ten and say hello to Matt in St. Augustine to kick things off. Good morning, Matt. Matt, you with us? Yep. Can you hear? Yes, we can. Go ahead, buddy. Okay, good. Just uh, you know, I've li- I'm 63. I've lived in nine NFL cities. Wow. And I'm a lot. Best about this. They're, they're the best. 
bro, your phone's breaking up. It sounds great. It sounds like you're – I feel like he's getting ready to say, out of all these cities, yeah, that's what Jaguar he was, fans are the best, right? Yes, that's what, that's what he was going to say. Matt, call us back. Get a better connection because that's a good way to start things off. I want to find out what has brought Matt to nine different NFL cities, mm-hmm. right? Like, what's your guess? Mover and shaker, man. Military? Yeah. It's got to be something like that. It's it's work, it, Right. It's, yeah. it's work-related. Yeah. Are they – I mean, you'd certainly be stationed in Jacksonville. You'd be stationed in San Diego. We got all right. We we got them worked out here, Matt. Go ahead, go ahead and make your point. We're glad we got you back and worked out here, Matt. You were saying you're you've lived in nine different NFL cities. That's what we heard. Oh. Yeah, pockets killing me over there, man. <laughs> Dude, I just thought of him just fine. Give me the big thumbs up. All right, Matt. Well, uh, that's just kind of like. The, the state of affairs with your love affair with the Jags, right? I, I we Now, what did Matt tell you uh, was his point that he wanted to make? And hopefully you can call back when he gets a clear spot there. Pocket. He said he had, he lived in nine different cities and this is basically like one of the best fan bases that he's ever, that he's been around. Mm. I don't know what Take nine, that I don't know out. what, I don't yeah, want that one. Like, I don't know what nine cities he's been to. I don't know what other fan bases, but. You know, well, well, at probably least, Indianapolis and Nashville and Houston. Starting and, with those, yeah. Pittsburgh, they're, they're terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I love the fact that, fact that Matt's got firsthand experience and uh, loves his fan base. Yeah. I do think the fan base is outstanding, you know? We can just put the question out there. What eight other cities has Matt lived in, Jags fans, <sighs> that you're better than? Mm, all of them. Yeah. All of them, apparently. Uh, all right. Let's get back to it, Matt. Uh, appreciate the effort right there. Sorry the phone connection didn't work out. Uh, so, um, j- going back to this, Tone, the grades in the AFC, because mm-hmm. they're all graded by the same guy. We've only seen two divisions. The Denver Broncos, for instance, got a D. And I think this is the lowest grade so far out of any team for the draft. Marvin Mims started seven games. Probably most of that due to injury in their yeah. wide receiver core, right? Like he might be a good player, but it could be a decent player, yeah. right? But no superstar. No. Drew Sanders started four games mostly like he was coming off the bench most of the year, yeah. right? Was one of the highest drafted linebackers in last year's draft. Those were their two second round picks that they had. After that, they got a total of four starts and they came from uh free agent signings. Mm. And so weren't part of their their draft, uh, and uh, they were part of the rookie class. However, so you didn't have a pick if you were Denver until the 63rd pick of the draft. Hey, you got Russ, though. They did get Russ. Yeah. And uh, if you're factoring that in, maybe the (laughs) D-minus comes into effect right there. But I I think that, you know, again, a lot of these teams you look at, like, uh, oh, look at Arizona. Arizona got a B, okay? Paris Johnson. I don't know how many games cut off how many games he started, but Paris Johnson was a top ten pick, starter on their offensive line, probably started every game he was healthy this year, right? They get a B out of this. BJ Ajaleri didn't start a single game, their second round pick. Mm-hmm. Uh they got eighteen starts between two third rounders, Michael Wilson and Garrett Williams. Paris Johnson started every game. That's what I assumed, yeah. right? It just uh, on this list here, it got cut off. And, mm-hmm. and they did actually now, this is probably the state of Arizona's roster. They got 15 starts out of a pair of sixth-round picks combined this year. You know, And when you compare that to what the Jags did uh, and to think that the Jags got to be ah, a little right. surprised yeah. at that, uh, that evaluation. Um, here's what he said about the Jags draft class. This is, again, Chad Ryder at NFL.com. Um, 
should be able to bank on Harrison manning the right tackle spot for the next few seasons. Or left tackle. I mean, he's mm-hmm. set. That that guy, yes. We're happy with that. Not an issue. Struggled a bit at the beginning of the year, but improved as the season went on. Looks the part of a solid starter. Wouldn't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. Finding a reliable tackle was crucial because the makeup of the rest of Jacksonville's offensive line is a bit murky. Goes into the Cam Robinson-Walker Little situation, which really has no bearing on whether or not Harrison was a good draft pick or not, honestly, sure. right, in terms of how he performed. Yeah. Day two selections contributed as reserves. Well, that's one way of putting it. Bigsby only logged 50 rushing attempts for 132 yards. Mm-hmm. And one reception, 132 yards. Yeah. One reception for six yards because Travis Etienne carried the load. Well, that's one reason. Also because I feel like they lost trust in him. Well, he basically didn't play the middle two months of the season. Correct. And yeah. it wasn't because they were just trying to get Travis Etienne more carries. They just said, enough of this. Right. Um, should play a larger role if the team's rushing attack becomes more efficient in 2024. I don't, I, all I right. don't doubt that that's yeah. a real possibility may even be part of the plan right. going into his second But it didn't year. give you much as a no. rookie. I mean, less than three yards a carry. Strange caught five passes for 35 yards, playing a lot of snaps early before a foot injury limited his effectiveness. He and Ingram should become a strong one-two punch next season. Have we seen enough of that to indicate they're going to be a strong one-two punch? I haven't. Um, Ventrell Miller's rookie year over before it started due to a yeah. Achilles injury. Yes. Lacey and Johnson flashed as rookies. Johnson. Okay. I'll give you that. Lacey. I don't think so. Uh, Washington finally got on the field in week four, but suffered an injury on a punt return later in the year. He scored in consecutive games. Then his snaps tailed off again. Watch for a breakout from him in 2024. In what regard? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't. I could see a breakout simply because he's likely to be the primary return guy. Yeah. Right? I mean, he'll get. He'll be the he'll fourth be more, wide receiver or fifth wide receiver in the return guy. Right. He'll get more touches yeah. because he'll be the return guy. Yep. And that's where the breakout, if if you can consider that a breakout, I don't know if I would. but Which means, I, look, if he's the fourth wide receiver on the depth chart, then he's one wide receiver getting injured away from being the third. Right? On a given game day because he's going to be active. Sure. You know, like he's a guy that's going to be a wide receiver and he's going to be the returner. So he's going to be active week to week uh, for the Jags next year. So he'll have more opportunities to make plays certainly than he did in his rookie year overall. Oh, no doubt. We'll see uh, how right. much he's willing to or able to A breakout to take seems a little strong yeah, to me, too. Because be, I, now, like, if you want to project down the line, eventually he may be the Christian Kirk replacement, maybe. not in 2024. Uh, that's a different story. Anyway, I just thought it was a generous grade. and uh, Me too. Yeah. But if, if you compare it to the way he's looking at some of these other teams, it's not that dissimilar, uh, as we said, to Tennessee. Maybe overall the curve needs to be a little less, and maybe they're both more of like a C, uh, although I think Jag fans would grade them a lot more harshly than that mm-hmm. uh, for this draft class this year. And I would too. You got a great first-round pick. That's not enough to offset. You You went into the draft. We felt like maybe with too many picks, and you ended up having like four more than you went into it with, and you picked a bunch of guys that so far haven't done anything, several of which have already washed out because they're just late-round kind of guys when you trade down and you get that kind of flyer and you take like Derek Parrish. Yeah. You know, who cares that you got an extra pick? You, you didn't do anything with it. All right, I'm going to give Matt one more chance, or at least his phone. <laughs> One more chance here. Matt, I think we got you straightened out now. Uh, Good morning. How are you? 
Good morning. Okay, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, you're good now. All right, terrific. It's not. I've lived in nine different NFL cities. Okay. Um, and uh, I'm not. I'm a lifelong fan of another team, but I have never seen the fan, the engagement by the organization. And I mean, all the way from JP Shadrick through every player and all, and and the, in the community that they have, they're gracious, they're kind, they do stuff, they're active. Never seen anything like it. And and I think they. I I know it's intentional. I know it's part of the culture, and and that's my favorite part of the Jets. All right. Well, um, what what has brought you to so many NFL cities? Is it military, or is it something else job related? No, I I used to be in the nightclub business. Okay. I'll hint who I used. I'll hint who my favorite team is. I worked for Walter Payton for a bunch of years. Mm -hmm. Ah. Okay. Taylor Dahl would probably be in line with your take that Chicago. Yeah. (laughs) So there. Anyway, that's what I really like. Uh, when these guys, I don't know if you remember several years ago when they when they drafted uh, uh, the kid from UCF, uh, the quarterback, Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Okay, yeah, like, Blake Bortles. Yeah. My mind immediately went to Mike Sims Walker, and I'm like, God. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, they yes. did a they did a practice over here at Bartram High School, and, and after it was over, they all signed stuff. The head coach picked up my son and took a picture. Henny autographed his ball special. Like you don't see that stuff in other cities. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so you are a fan of the. A team trying to engage with the community at large, and uh, well, they make they make me be a fan for the hometown team for sure. All right, excellent, Matt. I appreciate that, and I'm sure they do as well. Uh, thanks uh, for getting us started today. JP Shadrick getting the first shout out on the program yeah. today. First but, rounds on Matt at the club tonight. Right on. Uh, look, uh, uh, if you've had that experience, love to hear from you Absolutely. about that. I think the Jags do try to reach out. I can't compare it to what other cities do. I haven't had Matt's experience nightclub. There you go. Yeah. Didn't guess that one, you know, <laughs> no. but that's fine. You know, and it's brought him around to a lot of different uh, stops and he's had a lot of uh, different, you know, organizations yeah. to compare it to. I'm glad that your mind went to Mike Sims Walker. The first in mine was like Storm Johnson. Oh, no. Wow, what? man. I mean, we go right past the boat right there. Yeah. He goes, the guy from UCF. And I, I did. I went, I'm like, all right, where's Mike Sims Walker going to tie into this? We don't bring him up on the program very yeah. often. Yeah. Storm Johnson. Poor boat. Yeah, Storm Johnson, same Best draft preseason, display. Best preseason, not real game kick return you've ever seen in your life. Unbelievable, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, he'll he'll be much better in Jacksonville, Tony, because he's used to taking the handoffs from Blake, mm-hmm. right? We'll try to talk ourselves into anything. <laughs> uh, fans, in general, will try to talk themselves into anything. For sure. Uh, you know, uh, Blake's comfortable with him back there. He knows he's going to be able to pick up the blitz. He he knows his tendencies. He knows his, mm-hmm. his abilities back there. Yeah. Didn't work that way, but it was worth a shot. I, Storm Johnson was a nice player. The seventh-round pick. Again, I'm not mad that you take shots on guys like Derek Parrish. It's the seventh round. You take shots in the seventh round. If they work out, great. If you hit on Brock Purdy, fantastic, right? And maybe you should take shots on quarterbacks instead of fullbacks. But generally, most of the quarterbacks you're going to be drafting down there, not going to do much, although Gardner Minshew's a sixth-round pick. Yes, he is. Um, but uh, it, it's the accumulation of these picks when you felt like you needed to be going in the other direction, especially if you didn't need that much help, if that was your mindset, why did you need all the picks? Right. Concentrate. Like, go the other direction. And I get it. What they did with Anton Harrison's fine because you ended up getting your guy anyway. And in that circumstance, but – and I know, damn it, they wanted Brenton Strange, man, but I'm, I'm not over them passing on Osiris Torrance, a guy that we discussed them taking in the first round. He could have walked in here and – as it turns out, probably would have won the left guard 
job, mm-hmm. right? And at least competed for it right away, started all season long for a playoff team in Buffalo and was right there for the taking for you yeah. in the second round. Imagine if you had that hole filled right now. Oh, no, we don't have a um, our third-string blocking tight end available to us now, Tony. What are we going to do without mm-hmm. Brenton Strange? Look, I hope Brenton Strange turns out to be an impact player for this football team, but damn, as we sit here wishing we had – another second-round guard that we could just plug in. Sure. Um, I, I regret that that's the path that they yeah, went and down. and with them trading down as much as they did in the first two rounds, the, you know, when you heard Balky say it after the draft ended, it's like, it's not like we weren't making calls. No one wanted to trade, right? Like, when they wanted to move back up to go get somebody, they had something in mind, and they had all the ammunition you could want right. to try to make that kind of thing happen. It was like, can't find a partner if no one wants to dance. Correct. Right? Like, that's he said it almost exactly that way. That's the disappointing part of it to me more. You know, it's that they acquired all of that and thought, we can use this to get ourselves And an weren't able to get it done. And weren't able to get the now, opportunity. Now, people say that's because nobody wants to deal with Balky. Well, they Wrong. did. He, he yeah. made plenty of deals, yeah. you know, and, and he has traded up. But in this occasion, he was getting the value by moving back. But like you said, if you're sitting there and you love a guy like at the Jags, had loved Osiris Torrance, and somebody offered him that deal, and they turned it down, mm-hmm. we'd be like, oh, that's good, because they, they got the guy they wanted. And yeah. you reach a certain point where you don't want to move off that guy, even if you're getting, quote, extra value For sure. in draft capital, because you think that guy is better. Now, you got to be right about the guy you take, but Dave Caldwell is always there. He'd tell us all the time, I want one great player better than three good players. Mm-hmm. Well, then draft a damn great player yep. at some point. Would you please, you know, and, and show us that you mean that. But uh, that was always his philosophy because I felt like there were plenty of trade-down opportunities in the Caldwell era. Yeah. And they, nope, we're going to draw the line in the sand here, and then they'd be wrong about the guy that they took. Uh, so, in this case, I think a lot of people had their eye on Osiris Torrance. In fact, talked about him as a Jags first round selection yeah even before they traded down so to have the chance to get him there in round two and end up moving out of it uh and get not much of a contribution from strange at least so far mm-hmm. pretty damn disappointing what's not disappointing is the hammer Hayes Carline will join us to discuss all things Jaguars on the other side hit us up today with your response to the Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day uh seeing that it is Valentine's Day tell us one thing you love about being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan Mike Dempsey Tony Smith Dylan Denmark here with you. This is Jaguars Today. Keep it right here on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Let's ring up another guest on the All-Pro Roofing phone line. You can't touch this. Jaguars Today on 1010XL. All right. Hayes Carline, the Hammer, joins us here this morning talking all things Jaguars football with you. Mike Dempsey, Tony Smith on Jaguars Today. Good morning, Mr. Carline. How are you, sir? Good morning, gentlemen. Great to be with you as always. Always good to have you on board, my man. Uh, today, you know, it is Valentine's Day, as you are well aware. So we're asking Jaguar fans what uh, makes them love being Jaguar fans. What what makes you, I don't know if you consider yourself a Jaguar fan because you're such a, uh, you know, just a down-the-line journalist that you are, uh, Hayes Carline. But uh, in terms of being able to cover this team, tell us something you love about the position you're in. Well, it's, it's a great question, and I, I mean, I'd love to see the Jaguars win a Super Bowl. That would be fantastic to cover. So I'm certainly hoping that that one day they they achieve that. Uh, but just I I just think the professionalism that you deal with, the cooperation and uh, and everything, uh, they go out of our their way to to make our jobs easy, and the players have 
you know, for the most part, been fantastic in the 11 years that I've been covering the team. So, yeah, I feel incredibly fortunate and, you know, really uh, enjoy working with everybody down there. Outside of Anton Harrison Hayes, who will wind up being the Jags' best 2023 draft pick? I'm going to go, uh, man, uh, I'm going to go Antonio Johnson. I really like uh, the, what I saw. It was a little glimpse, but I think there's something there. So uh, I'll say that when we get to the end of this thing, Antonio Johnson's the second best pick in that draft. Do you think Hayes, um, we're just talking about Chad Ryder from NFL.com, graded the Jags a B for the draft, which we thought, <laughs> wow, uh, that's fairly generous. But you know, do you think it's that we get so locked in on the shortcomings of team that we cover day in day out that maybe from that you know 10,000 foot perspective what they did was more comparable to the league average than we realize yeah I think it's a good point I mean Anton Harrison was a fantastic pick and I I think he's going to be a great left tackle I think that's his destination so I mean if you get a a guy that can play left tackle for you for you know 10 years then you know I, I think that's that's the start of a pretty good draft. It'd be hard for me to give it anything lower than a B uh, if you're able to to secure that player. You know, Brenton Strange, it's, tight ends are tough. I mean, it, it can take some time for tight ends to get going. When you look at some of the better ones in the league right now, it, it wasn't necessarily first year that they had a ton of success. So I'm not totally giving up on Brenton Strange. I still like the environment that he's in uh, in terms of being coached by Doug Peterson. So I, while it was a disappointing rookie year because he wasn't really asked to do a whole lot, uh, I'm not ready to to concede that that's not going to work out. I'm more concerned about Tank Bigsby just because that is a position where you can normally come in and be a star right away. Uh, and obviously he didn't really show that. It got better towards the end, so maybe they'll we'll see some improvement. And uh, in Parker Washington, I think there could be something there. Uh, so. You know, I mean, in terms of the other guys, like Ventrell Miller, obviously, can he give them something once healthy? You know, that that would be a nice bonus. I'm not really expecting it. Um, But I I think Anton Harrison alone probably makes it a B class because I I think he's outstanding. What three players just on the roster overall, looking back at the 2023 season, Hayes, do you think grayed out the best? I would say I was listening to the show a, a few weeks ago, and I thought you guys had a really good question, which was like, which Jaguars exceeded expectation? And I got to thinking about it, and I was like, gosh, like no one really. And I mean, and then I, you know, start going through it. <clears throat> Excuse me, Evan Ingram certainly, I would mm-hmm. say, uh, played well. I think Anton Harrison had a fantastic rookie year. Uh, you know, Josh Allen obviously had a career season, an unbelievable year. Uh, And I thought Trayvon Walker played well. I thought, you know, to to see the impact that he had and the jump, I I think that's really impressive. So those would, those would really be my four. Uh, The Christian Kirk was on his way to having a nice season and Mm -hmm. he gets hurt. So, you know, I, I, I have a hundred percent confidence in Christian Kirk. It's just unfortunate that he missed uh, the last month and a half. Yeah. Talking here with Hayes Carline. Uh, Hayes, we've talked about, impending free agency and what they might do with the franchise tag uh, it, from just about every angle. And, and they are where they're at right now. We see a report yesterday that uh, T Higgins expected to get the franchise tag placed on him by Cincinnati. I don't think that surprises anybody could happen with Michael Pittman jr. And in Indy could happen with Mike Evans. So let's say they're all off the board. Those guys, the big three, if you want to call them that 
just going down a little bit further, how do you feel about Gabe Davis of the Buffalo Bills, who has been a field stretcher, inconsistent, but he definitely has an explosive element to his game, and he's still fairly young, as maybe kind of a pivot if the Jags are still looking for help and some of those big names come off the board? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's intriguing because, to me, Davis is a lot like Zay Jones. So if they decide to move on from Zay uh, to save a little bit of money, then Davis could be somebody that uh, that they look at that would make some sense uh, in in terms of what they're what they're looking for and and what they'd be lacking. So, yeah, I I think I, I will still be surprised if they spend on a receiver that is not. Uh, yeah, obviously, I think they could bring Ridley back, um, but I, I would be surprised if if they're in the market to spend big at receiver. But uh, but if they were to go that route, I think Davis would be the prime candidate. If Ridley is not back, right, and let's, you know, the franchise tag goes to Josh Allen, Ridley gets the free agency, somebody blows him away with an offer, what is the plan uh, to be as competitive as they can be in that wide receiver room this year, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, I think they'd have to certainly look at, at free agency as, as a starting point, whether it's somebody like Davis or, uh, I don't know, Samuel maybe out of Washington, um, you know, would they have uh, some interest there? Uh, and then I think the 17th pick would certainly, you know, receiver, I think would, would move up a little bit. Uh, you know, could you get a, a key on Coleman at 17? Uh, it seems like there's a good chance you could maybe Thomas out of LSU. Uh, so, you know, that's 17. It's it's not just that the value would line up, but it's the right kind of receiver that they sort they need. They need a physical catch radius receiver. And uh, I think they could secure that at 17. Now, obviously, if you take receiver at 17, then, you know, something, another need is, is going to get pushed down in, in terms of the draft and where it gets addressed. But uh, but I, I'd be surprised if that's where this ends up. I think both Allen and Ridley will be Jaguars. Given what they have paid, Roy Robertson-Harris, Foley Fadakasi, and Devon Hamilton, how do you expect the team to address their defensive line during this offseason? I would uh, release Fadakasi, and uh, it doesn't save you a ton, but it, I just don't think he's earned the money that you'd have to pay him. So, you know, take the $3.5 in savings and devote it somewhere else. And then I, I think you have to go find somebody in free agency. I mean, that that's a position that I'd be willing to spend. You know, if I could get Leonard Williams out of Seattle, uh, you know, that would be something that would intrigue me. It'd be nice to add somebody that can give them a little bit of interior pass rush. I mean, obviously, you're not going to find a, a star there, uh, but uh, but I do think I, I'd release Fadakasi and try and replace him in free agency uh, with somebody that I would view as an upgrade. But you know, again, if if it comes down to it, then that could be a position that you've got to invest uh, one of those first three picks in. Uh, because they've got to get better against the run. I mean, it's just, and I think Devon Hamilton will be, be much better next year. I mean, I don't think the health ailment that he had is has any carryover. So, um, you know, so hopefully that'll just be, you know, an odd injury, injury plagued year for Devon, and then he comes back strong. But, but they need somebody else. And, and you know, again, a big, a big kind of question here with the uh, Ryan Nielsen hire is, is what's the plan for Trayvon Walker? Does he go inside more? And so that would also affect the uh, the potential need. But they've got to be better against the run. You know, we've talked about this. They were uh, allowed 4.2 per carry on the ground. That's just not going to be sustainable if they're going to get back to where they want to be. 
Talking here with Hayes Carlin of the Franchi Show on the Jaguars beat. Uh, Hayes, the Jags reportedly signed running backs coach Jerry Mack away from Tennessee. And, you know, you look at it on the surface, Tennessee has had some pretty good success running the football in recent years. Uh, I don't, you know, I can't claim to know chapter and verse on Jerry Mack, but, I, it, like, it doesn't raise my eyebrows to see that. I'm like, okay, so, you know, it's a positional coach. He's making the move from college to the pros. Doesn't seem like that big a deal. Mia O'Brien yesterday indicated that the Jags had reached out to a couple of guys prior to Mac and got turned down. Um, either, you know, they maybe just didn't like the long-term security, perhaps, uh, how they felt the coaching staff had it or their fit with Press Taylor. Have you heard any of this? And with the Jags, you know, having any struggles to fill any of their coaching vacancies? I, I would be somewhat surprised because of the reputation Doug Peterson has. Uh, I mean, Press Taylor could give people some pause, but uh, but I still think the opportunity to work for Doug Peterson and to work in the NFL would be attractive. And you've got a, a pretty good room. I mean, well, you certainly have a good starter uh, in ETN, and then you have a, a young player in Bigsby that certainly has some potential uh, that hopefully will be realized. But uh, so I, I'd be surprised if, you know, if the Jaguars were, you know, having to get to like plan F on some of these coaching hires, I, I, I would think it's, it's a pretty attractive place to be. With obviously plenty of time for this to change before the start of the regular season, where are your expectations at right now for Trevor Lawrence going into his fourth year? Uh, somewhat tempered, but I still am really confident in him. I mean, I think that what, what we've seen is that you know, they've, they've got to get the environment a little bit better around them. I don't have confidence in Press Taylor, so I hope that Doug Peterson will become more active in the offense and be more micro this year than macro and let Nielsen handle the defense and, uh, and, and Doug Peterson really take more ownership back of the offense, uh, and, and we'll see if that happens. Uh, but, you know, I, I still I think the receiver core is going to be fine for Trevor. I, I do think that they'll address uh, at least center and right guard in some form or fashion. So I think that will be better. And, uh, you know, and, and so I, and, and hopefully he'll be healthier. So I, I think when we get five years down the road, the past season is going to be the worst of the five for Trevor Lawrence that he's had. Uh, and so I, I think the, uh, I think he's a good buy low guy now, because I think he's going to have a really, really nice career. Uh, so I think it starts with keeping him healthy. Trevor's got to improve on some things as well. But again, he's 24. I mean, he's still, you know, three, four years away from hitting the peak of his career. So I think there's some instinctual situational football things that Trevor was very raw at coming into this league because things had just been pretty easy on the football field for him in high school and, and in college. And unfortunately, the Jaguars are having to pay for some of the mistakes that, you know, most quarterbacks would have made probably in high school or college because they would have been in far more tight games and, and, you know, situational uh, clock management uh, situations. And, and he just didn't really have as much of that as you might like. So unfortunately he's made those mistakes at this level and in the spotlight, but I do think he'll get better at that stuff. So I, you know, I, I don't know from a number standpoint, uh, you know, but I, I think of what he was 21 and 14 this year, touchdowns to pick. Mm. Yeah, I'd be shocked if that's not at least plus 14 next year. Yeah, it's got to be more in that, 
you know, at least in that Brock Purdy range, doesn't it? I mean, Purdy yeah. was like 31-11, something like that, 31-12. Like, uh, 10 picks is okay if you're throwing 30-plus touchdowns. you got to offset it uh, a little bit better, certainly. Uh, Hayes, last one for you this morning, and we appreciate your time as always. Uh, the sure. franchise tag window opens next Tuesday, and then you know, you got two weeks to apply the tag. How do you think the Jags approach this? Do you think it's just like, hey – this is where we're at. We're going to apply the tag. We're going to continue to negotiate. Or do they not apply the tag as a sign of good faith that they try to get something done in that two-week period up into the deadline as if to say, look, we don't want to do this. Let's get something done. We know we can, but let's not lead with that move. How do you think the timing plays out on all that? Yeah, unfortunately, I think the Jaguars are, and Trent Baalke is is playing hardball with Josh Allen on it, which which I don't. I don't agree with. I think there's certain negotiations that uh, you you respect the player and respect the contributions that they've made. And uh, you, you 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 know you again these contracts are so similar. You you just pull up the last couple that have been done. You give him a bump off of that, which is what he's earned, and you know everybody's happy. And but I I don't get the sense that that's where this is headed. So yeah, I would imagine that I you know they'll probably wait until I uh, you know more in, into the, the latter part of the, the window. So sometime probably in early March, they'll announce that they've tagged Josh Allen. But uh, but I hope it doesn't come to that. I, my hope is that they're able to reach a deal. It, it should be a day of celebration. And, oh, and that's what's great. so puzzling to me. I, I don't know why Trent Baalke is so reluctant to it. I mean, first off, the contract isn't going to be hard to get out of. I mean, in two years. So, I mean, what, what, are, you, what are you afraid of? That Josh Allen's not going to play well? I mean... And even if even if he did have two disappointing years, well then you you move you move on from him. So, I mean, it's not like this this contract is locked in for the you know its entirety. We know how this league works. So, I don't understand it. I I think it you know for a team that had an epic collapse, you know I would think this would be a move that you would be rushing to make uh, because it's just such a great uplifting story. And and Josh Allen's earned it, and he's been a Jaguar since day one. And you know, I mean, it, it'd be great to reward a player that you know is that 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 you drafted and developed. And I, I'm I'm saddened that I, I get the business of it, and I get that a lot of times you're going to have to have hard negotiations. I do not view this as as one that should be a hard negotiation. It should be a negotiation of celebration uh, to reward a player that's been a fantastic Jaguar who who's just now entering the peak of his career. Look, if they get to that point, even if the road's a little bumpy, I'm not going to be that upset about it, right, if they get it done. But I think that's a lot of the fan base right now feels like they, they don't have the confidence that Trent Baalke will close that deal and that they will go the franchise tag route. And that opens up a whole can of worms on when does Josh Allen report. You don't have that tag available for anybody else. So, you know, if, if there are some bumps, it's like the Doug Peterson hiring, Hayes. Oh, my gosh, you, you look like a clown show. They got their guy. It, 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 so it took 30 days. You know, it, it, when it's all said and done, if they get their man, I'll be okay with it. Uh, it wouldn't be the ideal path, but I think that's the thing that not a lot of us have the confidence that they're going to get their man done to a long-term deal, at least uh, prior to having to apply that tag. We shall see. Uh, Hayes Carline today and every afternoon on the Frangie Show coming up at 3 o'clock. Hayes, always appreciate the time. All the best, and we'll talk soon. Always enjoy it. Thanks so much. Thank you, buddy. At Hayes Carlion on uh, social media, C-A-R-L-Y-O-N. Let's come back and discuss that. Tony got a lot of great reaction today to the question of the day as well. Want to get to some of these, uh, what it means to you. 
to be a Jaguar fan. What do you love about it uh, on this Valentine's Day? We'll share some of your thoughts coming back on the other side. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Knows with Jaguars.com's John Osher, brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. Johnny O, good morning. Probably the thing that Jaguar fans love the most about the team, the senior writer, Jaguars.com. Yeah, yeah well, it's, John uh, Osher. It's, those are bad, <laughs> it's, it's bad times if that's true. What do you love? Oh, um, I love everything. About I know you do, but what what's the number one thing on your list you love about uh, being in the position you are covering the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, the fans! Stop it! Come on now! <laughs> Don't be, uh, you, you, you love the questions that the the repeated questions you get every single week in I mean, the mailbag. It, it, I don't know if there's a number one thing. I mean, it, it's they just give us one thing. Doesn't have to be number one. Um, I mean that I'm doing what I wanted to do since I was twenty. Yeah, okay. so I, I mean, that's fine. I'm lucky in that sense. I've never really had to work. I, I love to write. I love to. I love this. And if you I've love your job, you'll never work yeah, a I mean, day in your life, John. It, there's certainly an element to that. Now, I mean, yeah, within reason, but it's yeah. I mean, there's not a whole lot not to like. So I'm with you. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Just giving you a chance to weigh in is all. Uh, Jerry Mack, new running backs coach, uh, comes from University of Tennessee. Tennessee seems to be able to run the ball pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what what do we got? How many more holes on this coaching staff right now? They haven't announced anything officially, so it's filling in the defensive staff, I yeah, guess, right? I think kind of behind it's the scenes. Pretty done officially except for the assistants to the assistants. The assistants to the traveling secretaries. The guys whose names we don't necessarily yeah. need to know. Um I think it's filled out in terms of the major like tiers. Now, in, in recent years, they've done more with multiple secondary coaches, like a safeties coach and a cornerbacks coach. There may be something to come there. And uh, uh, um, I don't know if they'll I'm, – I'm assuming they will extend passing – or they will hire another passing game coordinator. Uh, so that's there to happen. I, do you, I would do you expect, so. uh, speaking of running backs, so do you expect Tank Bigsby to, to – do you expect them to expect Tank Bigsby? He still needs – you know yeah, what I mean? Like, I do. Is, is the hope that he is the next man in line, unlike he turned out to be – Yeah, because my understanding was they they liked him as a runner, uh, as many rookies do, came in and struggled in pass protection, and that – hurt his ability to get on the field at times uh, in situations that would have given him more, him more opportunity. Uh, I think he'll – yes, I do. I, I expect them to expect that, and I don't think it's out of the question that he fulfills that. How big of a role for Brenton Strange in year two if he stays healthy? Um, Bigger. I mean, it's uh, – I, th- I think he had a good start as a blocker, didn't finish as well in that category. Uh, so – how how much bigger of a role in the passing game? Uh, he had five catches, so I'd, I'd I'd say a lot bigger. I think he, I think they think he can be a big part of that. Uh, it was so small in terms of numbers that I would think it would be a lot more. I I'm gonna try to quantify it, but I think they like him and think he'll be significant. How much have you heard 
about him. He was obviously hurt enough with the foot injury that he missed several games, right? Like yeah, it and was, it felt it was, like it affected him longer than right. that. And, like, and, how long was he – the back half of the season where it didn't feel like he was as even effective a blocker yeah. as he had been the early part of the year, how much of that played into it, especially the back half of the season? Well, it felt like a lot because you were getting really good reviews about him as a blocker, uh, that he – that he was high end, not just for a rookie, but a high end blocker. And then at the at the end of the season, uh, I don't know if it was rookie wall, I don't know if it was foot, et cetera. But um, you usually don't fall off as a blocker. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something teams can game plan and make you a worse blocker. So I would think he bounces back on that front. Uh six four one ten ten. If you want to get in, just a couple here on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, talking about a lot of different things, kind of jumping around today, uh, including, of course, Josh Allen and the franchise tag, and how you know it's only six days away from the opening. Of but he only had seventeen window. sacks, Mike. I, oh, 17 and a half. Right. Don't don't shorten that one. <laughs> um, yes, there, there's one person who engages with us daily on the text line that claims Josh Allen didn't make a single big play He's, last year. He's the answer to uh, to what I love the most about the job. <laughs> that, that, that guy. guy. Right. Yes, <laughs> yes, that guy. Uh, well, here's one. Uh, if Balky doesn't re-sign Josh Allen, part of me thinks it's because he didn't draft him and feels like he doesn't have to be loyal to him. With that said, if he doesn't re-sign Josh Allen, that's the last straw for me. He should be fired. Okay, that, and that's fine right. in terms of how you feel towards Trent Balky. A lot of people are already at that point, but what does that mean? Okay, yeah. that's my last straw. So what if he has, doesn't get fired under that circumstance? I mean, what when you say it's your last straw, right. what I mean, and I've heard there's a lot of that I've sure. seen on social media. Uh, that's it, I'm out until yeah. but I see that yeah. I feel every offseason. And not that as I well. would expect it, but what if they don't re-sign Josh Allen? He goes somewhere else in free agency and they go to the AFC championship game. What was the last straw again? Right. You're done with them? It's like, sort of if, the cousin If they to my achieve, you're gonna be on board. With whatever level of achievement the Jaguars have, we know most of the fan base has already seen the last straw picked several times mm. with Trent Paulke as far as when they would have fired the guy. I don't think Josh Allen is the line that is too far for many fans to cross. I hope they get it worked out soon. Well, along those lines, Bush Drive Rich, uh, you know, frequent contributor to the show. Uh, the worst thing about the Josh Allen contract situation is that it's letting others see how difficult Balky and his team are after you've proven yourself to this organization and fans. They did it with Evan Ingram last year, and the trend is reoccurring a year later with another proven player who loves Duval. Evan Ingram got his yeah. deal. It, it, and so did Cam like a couple years back. I mean, Right, and they, they franchise tagged him, but they, brought, they, they, got him, they got their big money deal. Yeah. Like, is it sending a signal to the rest of the league that the Bengals won't take care of their own if they franchise tag T. Higgins? Yeah. I, I, he was a draft pick. He just he, he's highly coveted. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I, um, I understand exploring that argument, but I don't know that that's, I don't know that feels right. I, in I don't think, like, like yeah. if you're a, many, many homegrown if, players around the league go through this and then get signed after they figure out a number. If you're right? a free agent signing here, you're not worried about your next. You're not going, man. If I play great for three years, they're not going to yeah. take care of me. You're going. I'm signing here based on these terms now. Yeah. Here's how much guaranteed money they're giving me right now. So, you know, down the road, they, we all know these contracts, right. four-year deal. It's not really a four-year deal, whatever. But, like, to me, you might go, oh, man, like, okay, they drafted me. What's their history of, of paying their guys? Yeah. But you're a draft pick. You don't I, have a say in the matter. Right. I think it had an effect a few years ago 
right when it was Yawn and Jalen and, and everybody that wanted out. Right? Yeah, and everything like, felt contentious. Right. Like Josh, that was it, real. Yeah, the Josh thing, I get that there's been a touch of contentious, but you're still, what, a month away from the league year deadline. Uh, He's got like, they've got like three weeks if they're going to apply the yeah. tag. And, and uh, I think it's too early to say this is the final straw. Kind of, you know, I it, think, though, don't you think that the sense is they're not going to get it done? Like, there is, there are these three weeks, sure. and we're sitting here going, oh, three weeks is plenty of time. Yeah. But I think people feel like, well, are they even doing anything? Because, right. you know, when Balky got up there 17 days after the season, he didn't even talk to Allen's representatives. Right. So I think that. And I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't you know, know I, right. for all we know, they've talked five times since then, right. or not at all. Right. We just don't know. Yeah, not at all would be. I mean, it, it'd be surprising. But so would going two and a half weeks after the season, and not to me at least, not right. reaching out and just saying, "Hey, you're um, a priority for us." Yeah, I, I. I guess I would also say, uh, well, they treated Jawan Taylor like that last year, but it was it was the right move at the time. You, you know, to let him go and. And to re-sign Antoine Harris, you know, so right. Or, you, do you and, want to be paying Juwan Taylor twenty-two million? Right. So I guess the, the thing is, you you have to pick your spots, and you still have to pay your own guys in the right way. You, know, you can't just pay everybody. And look, if Josh Allen gets franchised and he gets a five-year deal over the course of the summer, you think it, at, at the end, right. the only thing it's cost you is the ability to use the tag on somebody else this year. Correct. And that there is there is value to that. There's no question. Right, but about that it. would not send a negative message. I mean, these players and agents know that a lot of guys get tagged with the idea of we have to tag and then have work time out to the work details. this out. So, and especially the way Trent is is not a believer in negotiating during the season. So as a result, yeah, you know, tag gives you time to negotiate the deal for. Whether that's right or wrong, that's the approach. All right, let's get a couple calls before we hit the break here with John Osier in studio here with us. Take advantage of that with Jack next up on Jaguars today. Good morning, Jack. Hey, good morning. Uh, who from the offensive line will not be on the team next year and is the starting five lineman on the team now? No. <laughs> I think that's a big no. Look, Fortner will be on the team, mm-hmm. and – I honestly think he's going to be the starting center because I don't think they feel about him the way a lot of people feel about him. I see these projections like Field Yates put out a, a mock with Jackson Powers Johnson, the top-rated center, going to the Jags, starting to see that more frequently. Wouldn't hate that at all. Right. But I don't think that's likely. But I think you're looking at a new left guard, new yeah. right guard. I think Sheriff's gone, right? And I, I, I'm going to say if Cam's here, it's not under the terms of the, the current deal. It's under a renegotiation. So you may be – Harrison's going to be a starting tackle. Right. He's the one lock. Yeah. yeah. Beyond that, I don't think there's a lock because yeah. Cam could be a starting tackle or he could be gone. Same with Walker Little. Could be a starting tackle or could be a swing tackle. Could be competing for guard. Um, And, you know, maybe like a guy like Cooper Fortner Hodges. Maybe the second most likely, likely player to be back. To open yeah. as a starter, yeah. at least. So, yeah, there's going to be and a lot. I know during of- the season, they – Looked at Ezra Cleveland and thought he would be the guy, but you still got to resign him. Yeah, got to resign him. So he could he could be back. When he gets resigned, he's one of the guys. Right. I would be stunned if the starting five is on the team. It's it's you know we could talk all day about 
Well, you know what? Here's how the starting five could be on the team, right? right? If you count Ezra Cleveland, who is a a free agent, right? But if you say Ezra's back. Oh, on the team, right? It won't be the same, I guess. Right. You you could have Ezra. You could have Fortner. You could have Cooper Hodges. Maybe win the right guard spot. And you could have some combination of Cam Harrison, Harrison Walker, Little at the tackles. So they could mostly be here. Right. No way that it's the same starting five, but it could be the guys coming up. Because I can't imagine share. I mean, yeah. All the guys we talked right. about. Right. Sheriff, is, you would think, has to be a cap casualty. Big likelihood, at I, least. I don't see how, how he's be. not. Right. right. Um, so Jack, thank you. Uh, let's go to, I think it's Megan in Springfield. Megan, Megan, I'm sorry. Megan, you're on Jaguars today. Hi. Hi, guys. Yeah, on the offensive line, um, I'm just wondering, are there is there any possibility that the Jags would look to free agency for that? And if so, are there any guys out there that are going to hit free agency sure. that you that you're thinking about? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, I don't, I don't want to spend a whole bunch of money on guard. I really because the Jags have done that, but man, Robert Hunt, yeah, from the Miami Dolphins looks like a an ideal, ideal. fit, yeah. right? I mean, it, very. Good, accomplished starter right in his mid-20s, yeah. in the prime of his career. Mobile guy because they like to pull their guards. So, yeah, I do think uh, he's a possibility. Right. But Ezra Cleveland checks some of those boxes as well, mm-hmm. right? He's a young guy. He is a, 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 he's got the mobility to pull and do some things. They know how he fits in right. into the culture and things like that. And I think Ezra Cleveland will be significantly less expensive than Robert Hunt. Right, and – Realistically, with offensive line, if you bring in a free agent, it, it'll be somebody that we're really not projecting because there's so many possibilities. It could be an an Ezra Cleveland type that you're not even really mm-hmm. thinking about right now. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a strong possibility of uh, at least one free agent. Um, uh, some of that may depend on, okay, they look at the draft and say, okay, strong tackle draft, we're going to go – tackle on the exterior or at at 17 probably so you bring in but we need to get better on the interior we well, need to at least take somebody Cam, to Cooper Hodges save 16 million right i mean it, it's right. definitely a path save 16 million in cap space by letting Cam Robinson go you've got your tackles on the team you draft a right tackle you let you let them all compete right. with the eye that Anton Harrison's probably your left and so Walker Little battles it out loser for the short term, moves inside to compete at guard. Right. You re-sign Ezra Cleveland. It doesn't and bring upgrade in a, center. Second-tier free agent to compete with Cooper Hodges. Cause I, I, I think that's a, a viable Cooper Hodges, path. they love uh, last training camp, but they still haven't seen him. Can't so count on it's it. It's tough to sit here right now and say he's the guy. Because you haven't seen it. It's definitely a good question uh, for sure. Uh, for instance, at, at Pro Football Focus, Ezra Cleveland is ranked as the fifth best available guard. So you got to understand that other teams might come in right. and see him. And and he has shown you know that ability to maybe play some tackle mm-hmm. as well. So teams might look at him as an added value guy in that regard. Hunt, uh, according to the PFF rankings, is the second best guard out there. But I think just the, his style of play is a good yeah. fit for he, what they like to do. He's intriguing. I mean, if you're... If you're philosophically trying to say we must, you know, and I don't know how strongly philosophically they feel about it, but if you're philosophically saying we are trying to revamp, we are trying to have a different look offensive line, signing him, drafting tackle, adding that to Harrison, all of a sudden, you know, 
on paper, you feel a lot better about the situation than you did last year. Right, and if you are going to go draft a guy and you've got a lot of youth on that offensive line, the idea of having an esta- one guy that you're paying to be that established vet, that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like the idea was with Sheriff. And I think it did work yeah. that first year, right? To have that. Certainly in terms of leadership. Yes. Right? I don't know if health ever allowed him to completely be him, but he certainly uh, was a guy they could look to. All right, let's take a time out here with Johnny O. If you want to get in, 641-1010 is the way to do it. You're listening to Jaguars today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Oh knows With Jaguars.com's John Osher. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. Proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars on 1010XL. All right, somebody asking uh, what 2024 draft pick is Josh Allen worth? You're worth a top 10 pick. The, the only issue with trading picks for a guy like that is you got to pay him, un, you know, you got to pay him top of the market money. You got to pay him more in one year than you would pay a pass rusher. Like if you just sat there with the 10th pick, let's say, and Jared Verse is available out of Florida State and you took him, the entirety of his contract is going to be less than Josh Allen is going to make this year. Right. At least his rookie deal. It's why you rarely see that level of trade. Unless I could Tight. see, right, you, you don't usually see it be, right. for that reason, but I could see it. You're giving up like, equity in two spots. Correct. Draft and, and money. And salary cap, yeah. right, which is, you know, like would the Jags do that kind of deal? They might, you know. I mean, like, you don't know. Like, oh, he's a proven commodity. But yep. teams are always thinking, oh, boy, if I could turn this into this into this and, and get cheaper here and – uh, look I, at just Josh Allen, the player you're talking about trading here. With the fifth year option being picked up, he's made thirty three and a half million dollars in five years, mm-hmm. right? Which I'm not saying that he's going to get exactly that in one year, but he's going to get close to it. Right, right. he's going to get over twenty five. You would think, right? Like he's two years, he's definitely going to blow past. And that that's number. with the fifth year option. Yeah, that's with the fifth year option right. added in. You take the fifth year option out, he had made twenty three. Yeah, so that's about what he'll make this year, or, yeah. or less than he'll make this year, likely. So why would you, you know, now the reason you do it is because you believe that he's a sure thing. Now, by the way, I'm not advocating that he gets dealt. You not put the all. franchise tag yeah. on, somebody wants to sign him to an offer, it's two first-round picks. Right. That's the cost. Yeah, so that won't happen. A, it's that, not right. going to happen. I mean, it's happened just a handful of times in NFL history. And it's been a, and it's been a minute. Right. Like it's been a long time since Sean Gilbert did it. get two? Wasn't he one of Sean them? Gilbert did, and there was one other person, and as you're on the blank, but Sean Gilbert's 94, 90. I mean, like, it's been oh, a I long time. Oh, I know, I know. It's been a yeah. long time. Did Joey Galloway get two? No, there was something else There's weird something with Joey funky Galloway. with a, a, right, yeah. a trade with a lot of compensation, though, yeah. for Joey Galloway. I think yeah. Dallas gave up. Right, I'm drawing a blank, but it it's happened one other time, but it's always weird. Either way. Yeah. Nobody is – by the way, I'm just reading a text here. I'm not – pushing Josh Allen out on the trade market. I, oh, yes, you were. The, oh, yeah, you be careful because people will believe that. Uh, let's go around the National Football League here, Pockets. Now, gems around the NFL, brought to you by Beaches Jewelry and Pawn in Jack's Beach. San Francisco defensive lineman Eric Armstead will be having surgery on his knee to repair a meniscus injury that kept him out for the final five games of the regular season, but that he played through. In the 49ers' three playoff games, including the Super Bowl on Sunday, he said that his hope is that he will be back and healthy sometime around the start of training camp. San Francisco wide receiver Brandon Ayuk had his fifth-year option, which will pay him 
million in 2024, picked up by the team last year. Ayuk was asked yesterday if he was planning on remaining with the 49ers. His answer at least left the door open to speculation about his openness to a trade, even if it says nothing about the 49ers' willingness to trade him. Ayuk said, quote, if that's the right move, yeah, end quote. After the reports over the weekend that Philadelphia edge player Hassan Reddick had requested and been given permission to seek a trade as he gets set to enter the final year of his deal with the Eagles. Reddick said on X yesterday, quote, never asked for a trade. However, I do understand it's a business preparing for whatever is next, end quote. And the NFL has announced the 321 players that have been invited to this year's scouting combine in Indianapolis. The event will start on February 26th and run through March 4th. You know, Hassan Reddick, I feel like when he signed his deal, He's getting like $16 million. I felt like it was one of the very tip-top pass rusher deals in the league, right? Mm-hmm. And am I wrong about that? And now it's like $10 million beyond that, at least. But he's bargain. He, at or, this point, yeah, he might yeah. be, honestly, a bar- in terms of like what you're paying him for one year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Philly may have some cap issues. They're trying to maybe flip him and get younger and cheaper. And, and there are reasons why you would do that. But he's been super, super productive. Productive, consistent. Yeah, right. Yeah. At, th- at that price, that seems like a, a pretty good investment. Uh, Doom asked on Twitter, why can't the Jags count on Cooper Hodges? I get what you're saying, but they counted on Barch when it didn't feel like they should have to me. Well, Barch had, had started 17 games. Yeah, they had seen Barch do it. Right. You know, he he'd started, he level. played five games the year before coming back from injury. And so they've seen him for their own scheme start five games. Right. So they had something. Plus they had a total of a full season's worth of starts to evaluate. You have nothing and on he Cooper had, Hodges. And not as important, but he had also practiced a lot. Cooper really hasn't even practiced in pads except for a few training camps. I mean, right. And you're coming from a small school. A I'm not saying yeah. like he can be something, but to count on that, right. I so think is. Circle and put it on the whiteboard as this, like I'm this not saying in in hindsight should the Jacks have counted on Ben Barch probably not because the results weren't what they expected them right. to be but there was more evidence that Barch could play at this yeah level. it didn't seem it, this time last year it did not seem ridiculous that you would go into the season with Ben Barch as your starter Ben Barch was an eyelash away from getting a Super Bowl ring this week so yeah, see what you know he might be the starting center for the San Francisco 49ers yeah hope next so year. good guy. Um, all right, let's take our final time out. Let's come back and dig into some of the responses to today's uh, Chad and Sandy real estate question of the day. Just asking you on this Valentine's Day to name one thing you love about being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. We'll discuss on the other side. This is Jaguars Today on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Nobody knows the Jags like Johnny O. Oh, knows. Brought to you by Kingfish Pest Control. My proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On 1010XL. Oh, this is a tearjerker from back in the day right here, Tony. The only thing that you don't know Endless Love, John? Oh, Endless Love. No, there are no headphones here. So. Oh, that's right. You, you don't, you're not hearing anything. Endless Love is, uh, I think, my senior year of high school. So. I get a year. Uh, 84? 81. 81, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're not that old. I'm, no, I'm... What, what was your... What year you graduated? 83. Okay. Yeah. You're a little old. I'm old. Yeah. 40 years. Bro. I heard them singing Always and Forever this morning on uh, the drill. That's my <laughs> wedding song. Okay. So, 26th anniversary today, Johnny. 
Oh, congratulations. Yeah. I see you never got me anything. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Maybe for year 27. I don't know. All right. Uh, today, we asked you, tell us at least one thing you love about being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. So, here are some of the responses that we got today from Stoff. Uh, the people you talk to on the internet about the shared suffering who then become friends. And I, I think, yeah. like... I think he's serious about that. Like, you know, you talk about shared suffering, but it's true. People bond over, like, we're all kind of in it together. And uh, that's the by far the number one response is the other fans, the friendships that people have made, the camaraderie, the togetherness, the Sunday tailgates, the whatever no the doubt. case may be. No doubt. And, you know? And, yeah, I mean, I've we've all met people through that as well. And it's, yeah, that's huge. My whole adult life. Honestly, like, you know, mm-hmm. my whole career path and most of the people I know, you know, you, whatever job you're in, you those you run into people, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like, I've got some friends that date back to high school and pre Jaguars, but uh, you're right. So I'm much of my right. life is, is people that I've met doom. because of uh, it's Duval doom. <laughs> Damn it. It's still only one or two that's ever come back from the block pile, by the mm-hmm. way. Okay. Um, you know, so much of my life on social media, it really is, you know, we can disclose the show. It's really, (laughs) that's, that's kind of the way it is for all of us around these parts. Uh, let's see from Al, um, part of a rare group of cities in America that has an NFL franchise. And I love how a good number of our Jags alumni remain a part of our and their city to interact with us in the community. I do think that it, it, look, it's great. To live in Florida, man. I love it. I or I really do. I know some people are, oh, my God, how could you live in Florida? I think it's fantastic. Stay out, okay? Sure. Stay, uh, so stay the hell out. <laughs> and I don't need any more mm-hmm. people here. But uh, I do. I don't know, Tony. I mean, maybe it's the cost of living. Maybe it is the sunshine. Maybe it's small market vibes. And, you know, you, you go where you've got some name recognition and you've got business opportunities. But it does seem like there's an abnormally large number of former Jaguars that hang around here that never had a previous connection to the city. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, trying to think through even how I would answer this question today, right? Because there are so many things that I love about having the opportunity to do this job. I, you know, in talking to, you know, the idea of the fans all feeling that pain at the same time. Right. And I've long thought that when it comes to fandom or anything else in your life, the pain is what lets you know that you really love it. Right. That when it goes wrong, that you're like, dang it. Like it really does bother you when it goes wrong. That's how you know you love it. Like you are emotionally invested in it. And for all the people we get to interact with all the time that are so emotionally invested in it, to watch y'all get to be a part of what this team did last year. Mm -hmm. Right. That playoff run. And the playoff win and the way they beat the Titans at the end of that, watching y'all after suffering for as long as you've had, like however long you've been a Jaguars fan, you haven't had a whole lot of those moments. And to watch you as a group collectively get to enjoy that, there's nothing else like it. And sports creates that in a way that I don't think anything else does for me. Like it's watching people get to enjoy the highs of being a fan and being able to talk people through the lows, which is what it seems like we do more of, obviously. But, man, the highs are really high when they get there. Um, Jack Fan 15 gave us a half dozen yeah. reasons he loves. He, he says, I love the fans. I love Jaguars today. We appreciate that. I love the way I look in teal, black, and gold. There you go. Oh, there you go. All right. I love picking the Jags in Madden as my team. 
I love how quiet Colts fans have been this year, and I love sharing <laughs> my Jags fandom with my family. So, uh, nice job there. Uh, somebody also sent us a picture of uh, Toby Gerhardt being stuffed for the uh, fourth consecutive time at the goal line. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> there it is. That's the pain that lets you know it's real. I don't feel like that's uh, that's yeah. really what you love the most, but that's okay. Uh, let's see. Um, I, th- I feel like this is sarcasm, but maybe it shouldn't be. An owner being so willing to make changes when things don't work. I feel like that's a person who is being sarcastic about yes. the GM position, but I feel like Chad Khan, again, as we said yesterday, anytime whoever's been in charge has gone to him and said, we need money for this, he's, go ahead. That's what you think we need. Let's, I'll give you whatever resource you tell me we need to try and win. Haven't put together the perfect combination of those resources yet. Oh, nope. by the way, neither have most of the teams no, in the no. National Football League in the uh, the 25-plus years. Uh, let's see. They also fixed it quick when it most needed fixing. I'd like to hear the story behind this from North Dakota Jag. Hacker After Dark saved me from harm back in the day. Hell of a voice. I'm not sure. He does okay. have a hell of a voice. I'm I, not sure I want to know that. <laughs> I, I kind of do, but I want to yeah. I want to screen it first, right? <laughs> I'm not sure I want to go straight on the air with that. Yeah. I love drafting edge rushers every year. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. The one thing I love about the Jags are just like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Uh, let's see. I love how the Jags taught me how to deal with constantly being disappointed and to never expect anything good to happen in life. So there's a, a positive uh, outlook there. Uh, having a hometown team to root for and cry about, you know, and that's part of it, man. Right. You know what? Like, again, you know, you've been Jaguar fans have suffered to some degree, but they've also had more success than some sports fan bases. And I understand when you haven't won the big one, you don't want to hear about that. You don't want to hear that. Prior to this postseason, Detroit had not won a playoff game in the existence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Meanwhile, you'd been to three conference championship games. But, you know, there are other long-suffering fan bases out there for you. Uh, Dallas is, at this (laughs) point, long-suffering, but at least they've got something historical to fall back on. Um, And if you do ultimately get there... It makes it all that much sweeter. Right. Oh yeah, you know, like if you're a kid now and you're if you're six years old in Kansas City, oh, it's great, right? You're born into Chiefs fandom, and you've got Patrick Mahomes. Right, you think it's always like this? You, right, you think it's always like, it's like this. the Patriots fans. So some little right, like some that. little kids in New England are going, "Where's Tommy?" Mm. <laughs> By the way, have you seen like the four and a half minute Affleck? extended I version the full no you know what i'm talking about that you know the yeah. dunking commercial they yeah. did there's like a four and a half minute video and it's like three and a half minutes of him putting together the idea for the commercial you know it's a script and all that and then the commercial basically in itself runs at the end hilarious okay. <laughs> well worth going to okay. find it you know um, how about them donut how do you like them yeah how donuts? Do you- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, and I, I was really that's surprised because I saw a ranking of this year's Super Bowl commercials that had that like 29th out of 31. Whoa. I thought it was like one of the top yeah. two or three on yeah. the whole day. I did too. It, it, yeah, I I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, so anyway, it's worth your time if you're on social media to go uh, Google the extended version mm-hmm. Affleck Dunkin' Donuts commercial. I think you'll enjoy that. Uh, with that, let's say hello to XL Primetime. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit TireOutlet.com careers. Equal opportunity employer. 
All right, we got me O'Brien here, and I'm glad it's you today, Mia. Not that we're not always glad, but in particular, um, just listening to what you're saying yesterday about the Jags running backs, coaches, position. I, I didn't want to misstate it, so tell us again what you heard about You know the, the path to get to where they ended up. Yeah, I heard that they spoke with and the job was offered to several people, um, ranging from those currently in the football ranks of the National Football League to those in the college game, and... From what I was told, those who said no or had trepidation about accepting the offer, it was primarily because of Press Taylor's presence. And that is concerning because that means it's getting out not only among the National Football League, that that could be a wedge or, in the words of some of my colleagues on XL Primetime, a quote-unquote sinking ship. Um, Not that the whole operation is because it sounded like, from what I was told, all of those candidates had no issue with Doug Peterson the issue was associating themselves with Press Taylor. I don't even, like, as a running backs coach, do you get that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so we asked, do you get painted we, we, right. with the Press Taylor brush if things go wrong? Well, it's funny you say that. So we asked Coach Campo, and he said, yeah. He, he said that absolutely happens, especially if you're a position coach where you're either coming from the college ranks to the National Football League or – you know that if the offense goes south again this year, there will be changes made even if Doug is retained. And as a low man on the totem pole, quote-unquote, would you be primed for the pick? See, I would look at it like if, if Jerry Mack comes in and Travis Etienne averages 4.7 yards a carry this year, which is not where he was his rookie or his first season, not right. his rookie year, but right. you know what I'm saying. He went from 5-1 to 3-8, right? And, and that even if the offensive staff gets wiped out, you can go, hey, look. I brought in the coach of running backs, and ETN went from here to here. Mm-hmm. Like, you could still not get swept up in that. But, hey, hey look, if you just told me without knowing what you said mm-hmm. that they went and got the running backs coach from Tennessee, my reaction was, well, they run the ball pretty damn well. They do. Tennessee, so I'm not Those numbers upset were with it. incredible, especially knowing where they were, um, you know, before that. I mean, in 2018 and 2019, Tennessee had no semblance of a run game, and obviously that was before Josh Heupel, and so you can – partially credited to that but Jerry Mack's numbers at Rice as well what he was able to do with his quarterbacks I mean clearly there's a track record there so it's a good hire it is interesting they went to the college ranks for it was that intentional was it not that remains to be seen yeah and uh, again he's a guy who's been OC a head coach Um, he's certainly qualified to to coach running backs here in 2024 Uh, what do you got coming up today oh it's one of our favorite episodes of the whole year Leon's love advice on Valentine's Day (laughs) you all know it's coming Uh, So that will be a lot of fun. We are also going to do a couple other fun exercises from what was your first sports love to who is the one player who has never won a Super Bowl and never will win a Super Bowl because they're retired or maybe they're still playing that you really wish had won it all. Okay. That's next. XL Primetime. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, I'll start with Fred Taylor. Right? Yeah. And here. Uh, not in New England. I'm not at the tail end in that last year in New England. Um, or any of those. Yeah, that whole Jags. group in '99. Right, exactly. Yeah. Anybody, uh, Tom McManus. Yeah. Right. Any anyone who is playing exclusively for the Jaguars. That I whole wish. group in '99 and what it would have meant for how long it took Tony to get in, for Fred having to wait to get in, and Jimmy being talked about as a Hall of Man, that, that that's so disappointing to hear. You know, Peter King basically saying that. Fred was an afterthought in the room, according to Pete Prisco, mm-hmm. that uh, not even really given any kind of serious consideration to be a contender uh, this year. Does not, to me, bode well that they're going to change their minds drastically in one 
off season, but uh, we'll yeah, see. We'll see. We'll see how that all goes. Uh, what do you have coming up over at Jaguars.com? Uh, we're bringing back uh, Huddle Up Podcast after uh, a, a three or four week absence. So JP Shatter, Bucky Brooks, and I uh, taping that in a few minutes, and it'll be up today. Somebody mentioned the things they love about the the Jags, and one of the things they love is the the team's outreach to the community and the fan base. And the first name that got mentioned today was JP Shattering. Mm. So there really? you go. Yeah. I know. There's no accounting for taste. Right? Yeah. <laughs> what are you I have gonna nothing do? to say about that. Right. All right. That'll do it for us today. Uh, John, uh, good to see you. I know you'll be up at the Combine in a few weeks, weeks. so yep. we'll look forward to that. But we'll see you next Wednesday here in studio. Thanks to Hayes Carline for joining us. Catch him on the Frangie Show later on this afternoon. But uh, XL Primetime coming up next for Tony Smith and Dylan Denmark. I'm Mike Dempsey. Happy Valentine's Day to the ladies out there, but particularly to my wife now of 26 years, the beautiful Heather. Uh, We'll talk to you tomorrow from 10 to noon here on 1010XL 92.5 FM.